Five, four, three. You don't say two or one. <laughs> you just don't, okay? You just don't, okay? <laughs> so, how have you guys been? Good. Good. Tired. We've good. made it through yeah. two two parts of the the Borgias episode. Um, three, and we're still recording remotely. Yeah, but oh, the remote gotcha, recording. Gotcha. The, yeah. we sta- the, the first part yeah. we started in the studio looking at each other. And yeah. then the last two have been this and then we're doing this again. But um, yeah. I think next week we'll, we'll yeah. be back at it in the clear. We will. 100%. We want to get back. It's just... Man, we, we have to be careful. Navigating this new world. Yeah. yeah. We all have different... We are We are part of each other's bubble and yet not <laughs> not at the same time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so it's been hard so yeah stick with us where we apologize mm-hmm. so um ow. hello <laughs> stop fucking on my intro stop it it's weird though because i can see you guys so like i'll look at you but you can't tell that i'm looking at you like sometimes I want to have an aside where like I look at Allison. I'm like, oh, but yeah. Then... <laughs> no, I can't tell. You know? You're just looking at you're just looking at both of us. I was yeah, like, should exactly. I leave? Or... Okay. Uh, you did it again. <laughs> I had already started talking. <laughs> that was on you. Okay. It wasn't. I was I was launching into it. Oh, that's nice. That's mature. That's really mature. (laughs) (laughs) The old middle finger eye scratch. (laughs) Hello, you're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast. I slurred that intro. My name's Marzi. My name is Allison. And my name, my name, why are we saying my name? My name is Julia. (laughs) My name is Lessie. I know. I don't. I don't know why I added that. Should I do take I like, two? Wait, take like, two. Ready? No. Three. This two, is like the third one. take. I Marcy. <laughs> Did you say I Marcy? I Julia. I, I like Julia. lowercase I Julia. Hi Julia. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got a bit of a weird one today, uh, from me, um, from me. I guess we've been very Allison centric. We've been living living in the past, um, yeah. and I almost did my episode on the related topic to Allison's with the Swartzes in Milan, and then I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? We've we've been hanging out in Renaissance Italy <laughs> long enough. Yeah, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yeah, um, take a little break. I thought that we could look at some weird delusional diseases that people have delusional diseases so well diseases that cause well yeah we'll get into it (laughs) okay but so i have this story that i really 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 like that i was going to do an episode on it's not enough to do an episode on though we could have like a little mini so and talk for like 15 20 minutes about it okay um but because I wanted to do that story, so I tried to make it a little bit bigger and find other stories. So the story that I really, really like is um, Princess Alexandra. 
Um, she is the daughter of King Ludwig I of Bavaria. Oh. And Ludwig's kind of neat. He doesn't do much as a monarch. He's a, he doesn't have like a whole lot of things that he's like known for, but he created this gallery. It's called the Gallery of Beauties. And it's a collection of 36 portraits of the most beautiful women of the nobility. So that's something he did. Wow. <laughs> he was like, which I find like so of, like, weird. Curvy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like the most beautiful like, like for the time. For the time, it's like yeah. as lecherous as you can get. Like, yeah. Um, like, that's and, like uh, printing off random people's like Instagram photos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's weird. So um, he had Alexandra's portrait actually painted for the gallery. So she was in there. So I don't know if all of his daughters, because she was his fifth daughter. I don't know if all mm-hmm. of them were in the gallery, but you can still go see the gallery. It's still there. And oh, so wow. kind of interesting. Um, so Alexandra was kind of, it, she's interesting. So she's the eighth child. She's the fifth daughter. So she's of no real significance to the throne or anything like that. And she never married. They, there were suitors. Like she was a beautiful woman. She was in this gallery of 36 portraits of beautiful women. <laughs> um, but, but they never married her. And they actually turned down marriage proposals for her from princes. Um, and every mm. single time in history, her health is cited as the reason why. Oh. Hmm as to why they turned it down. So Alexandra actually had what we would uh, prescribe to prescribe. Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Diagnose. Disc- Diagnose. <laughs> as, um, as OCD. She was full on OCD. Um, she wore only white clothes. She was obsessed with cleanliness. She was very, very quiet. She didn't like things loud. She'd like to be alone. She was a writer. She spent most of her time alone writing. Um, books and things like that. And she was known for translating classic literature into German. Um, it, wow. She, yeah. So she was very, very solitary and very meek and very quiet and very clean and very OCD. And Alexandra's OCD actually um, manifested in one of the strangest ways ever. Um, so when she's just, just years quickly old, before you get into that, um, it's, it's kind of interesting to me because did they really, what did they want from their wives anyway? They don't yeah, want anything from too. them. So, like, well, why does that matter? When Alexandra was 23 years old, okay. Okay. she went to her parents and told her that, or told them that she remembered that when she was a child, she swallowed a glass piano and that oh. it was living inside her. It was inside her body. I've heard of this. She, yeah, she was scared that if she was touched too hard or jostled or bumped into something, that it would shatter inside her body yeah. and that by shattering, it would kill her. And hmm. she 100% believed that this glass, glass piano was inside her and that this would happen. So wow. when she walked through the palace, she would walk very slowly. When she went through doors, she would go through sideways so as not to touch anything. She was like the most delicate person you could ever imagine she was just like so everything about her was soft and so her parents were like we can't send her off to be in some other like people won't understand her no they won't get it (laughs) it's a bit of a turn off yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like how do you like don't uh, ever touch me because yeah i'm going to die because this thing is going to shatter inside oh um and there's 
I was going to say, although with the Charles the Eighth thing, walking sideways through doorways might have been a good move. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's true. Bumped his head. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they seem to be that. a hazard, so. Yeah. That antenna. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were, like, really, like, decorative doorways with, like, I don't know, like, the yeah. frames were really, like, ornate with, like, sharp edges and stuff. And yeah. Maybe, maybe. They did have those big dresses, like in her case, yeah. right? Like, I imagine it would be hard to navigate hallways in those dresses and not bump into anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's a palace. I always imagine palaces as being quite big. And, yeah, like yeah. wide hallways yeah. and doors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Interesting. So, so she was never ever diagnosed with anything at the time, not her OCD or not anything. She just kind of lived her solitary life and died of old age and did her thing. <clears throat> hmm and there's no other historical references to people who think that they swallowed something glass at all. Like when I looked it up, there's no, there's nothing, there's no one else that reports this. It's just okay. Alexandra and her glass piano. But there are people who believe that parts of their body are made of glass, an mm. arm or a leg or something mm-hmm. that will inhibit them and that will shatter and that will make them will hurt them if they move too hard and the thing that was alexandra was really kind of diagnosed with with the why she came up with this theory in her head um mm-hmm. it's just because the noble women at the time were you combine her ocd with the um sorry was the, i'm so bad at words right now with the, <laughs> the commonality of noble women being gentle and being yes. these breakable creatures and these women yeah. have to be so meek and so small. And, and then you combine that with an idea of OCD and you can understand how she can, I mean, you can't, swallowing a glass piano is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to be, but it is, it's crazy. So it's called, it's a, it's a disease of melancholy. It's a delusion that derives from being so sad that you actually think yeah. that you can break so oh, that's wow. what we started was I wanted to tell her story and I really like that story. I also kind of like take it on a feminist spin where it's like, it's okay yeah. to be, it's okay fragile. to not be fragile. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have a glass piano inside you. You're not going to break. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need, I need so, you to show up to some sort of like feminist rally with that, yeah. with that <laughs> I sign. I want to like, you don't no know glass pianos. pianos. <laughs> Won't break. <laughs> really, I'm like, what? So, I started looking at other delusions that people can have, like diagnosed delusions that people can get besides just the, I like the idea of I'm so sad that I literally believe parts of me are made of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't, it's not a standalone. There are so many delusions oh, that people wow. suffer from. So I've made, I made a little list here. Um, I'm going to start with kind of the smaller ones and I'll get into some of the bigger ones that, First of all, you have two different kinds of delusions. There's actually a whole lot of delusions, but we're going to focus on two different kinds. Alexandra's follows into delusionist identification syndrome, mm-hmm. which is when people misidentify either parts of their body or people or um, objects as something else. So they okay. think one thing is another thing. So I think my leg is made of glass, but it's oh, not. Geez. One of them is uh, that falls under that is the visual release hallucinations. Um, this is interesting because, like the glass one, it's it is so simple. I guess it's not like 
Like, it's just that one thing. And she didn't believe everything was made of glass. She didn't believe things were going to... She just had that one delusion. So visual release hallucinations is also known as the Charles Bonnet syndrome. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's weird that it's a piano. Like, to me, like, Mm -hmm. I'm being like, oh, my leg is made of glass. And she specified a grand piano. Yeah. Well, how how grand could it be if it's in your tummy? (laughs) I know. But, like... But like she could, she could literally visualize this piano that she yeah. thought she swallowed, and it must have been some weird dream that she had that she remembered. Yeah. Like I can remember yeah. dreams from when I was a kid. It's just that it manifested in a way where she just couldn't shake that image. And sometimes yeah. your dreams can seem real. Like I remember having a dream yeah. when I was a kid that I hid candy in my closet, and then I got up and I like looked through my closet to find this candy yeah. that I had hidden. Um, and obviously Sugar it wasn't there. The so if you have that, like. <laughs> Sugar is the enemy. Um, if you have that, I, <laughs> that idea um, that feels so real, and then you combine that with your OCD, it could be really hard to shake, right? Yeah. So, okay. That's, yeah. So we have the Charles Bonnet syndrome. Okay. Uh, it's named after Charles Bonnet. He was a philosopher, um, and he, na- he studied this syndrome in his father-in-law, and that's why it's named after him. He was the first person to kind of... Mm. categorize it yeah uh, but Step, unlike yeah. all of the other hallucinations that we're going to talk about charles Bonnet syndrome is not connected to the brain it is connected to the eyes so the people that suffer from these hallucinations and these delusions uh they are not scent smell or touch they are literally just sight so when something's wrong with your cataracts or vision, most of this oh, happens yeah. in people that are over 70, but they have had studies of people younger that suffer from this. They start to see delusions of uh, cartoons oh. in front of them. They've been yeah. described as Lilliputian in size. So sometimes <laughs> oh, they see like, little miniature people scary. interacting in their world. And the people that are suffering from it know that it's a hallucination. They don't think that these things can, yeah. are there, that they can touch them or anything. It's just that they see them. Like all of a sudden you'll just see this cartoon of this thing in the room. Uh, um, and a lot unsettling. of the time they said it's faces. They'll see cartoon faces in front of their vision. Um, and they last oh for God. 10 to 15 minutes before they go away. Ah, that's um, too long. Yeah, that's way yeah, too long. It's too long. <laughs> it's too long. Like you have to like really get used to it, right? I don't like the idea yeah. that it's like so like Lilliputian is the word that kept coming up. Like I would freak if all of a sudden yeah. I started seeing like, like miniature people everywhere. Um, and on yeah. the flip side of that, there is another syndrome. This one does have to do with the brain. It's called Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Because the person that's mm-hmm. suffering from it truly believes that they are either rapidly shrinking or rapidly growing and that they are visualizing the people around them becoming larger or smaller as they shrink. Wow. Or grow. That would be scary. That would be really scary. Yes. Mm. So scary, right? Also, both of them just sound like Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> they do. I was going to yeah. say, little I was going to say, who's people? Uh, this is going to be so useless, but who's the guy who did like Cool World and like the the old like lord of the rings oh yeah i, I can't, can't remember his fucking right name now, but i know who you're talking about yeah that's right because like it, it, it's now just I like random cool images in the, <laughs> in the like background and foreground like it's like oh, i can't yeah. remember continue i'm just gonna look it up really quick okay um so now we're going to get into with the alice in wonderland syndrome we're going to get into delusions that are affected exclusively by the brain 
these aren't visual hallucinations. They're not, these are things that people believe are actually happening. So and sometimes they're delusions Ralph that are, thank you. Sometimes yeah. they're delusions that you can see and sometimes they're just feelings. So um, the Capgras delusion, Capgras, is a psychiatric disorder in which a person holds a delusion that a friend, spouse, parent, or other close family member, or sometimes pet, has been replaced by an identical imposter. Oh, like a changeling. Yeah. Changeling, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is thought to be a result of frontal lobe damage and often presents itself in patients with schizophrenia and dementia. Mm. So this is like you... There, there's a whole bunch of case studies on this. A lot, of, a lot of people suffering, like a lot of older people suffering from dementia. It starts yeah. when an old man comes home and he's like, where's my wife? And his wife's like, I'm yeah. your wife. And he's like, no, I know who my wife is and you're not my wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's really, really sad. Like it's a like, yeah. sad decline. It's very sad. But, uh, yeah. Lots of people, like younger people, yeah, lots of younger people can suffer from it too when they have schizophrenia or brain damage from accidents in the frontal lobe. Oh, yeah. So the case study that I picked for this one is from 2008. So, quote, Diane was a 28-year-old single woman who who was seen for evaluation at a day hospital program in preparation for discharge from a psychiatric hospital. This was her third psychiatric admission in the past five years. Always shy and very reclusive, Diane first became psychotic at the age of 23. Mm. So young. Following an examination by her physician. After the examination, she began to worry that the doctor had damaged her internally and that she might not be able to become pregnant. The patient's condition improved with neuroleptic treatment, but deteriorated after discharge because she refused medication. When she was admitted eight months later, she presented with delusions that a man was making exact copies of the people in her life. She called them screens and that there were two screens of her, one evil and one good. The diagnosis was schizophrenia and capgrass delusion. She was disheveled and had a bald spot on her scalp from self-mutilation. So she thought like even herself was a, yeah, there was a clone of her. Yeah. Interesting. That sometimes she was good. Sometimes she was evil, but they weren't herself. Like -hmm. Like she was split in two. Yeah. And that everyone in her life had been replaced by these copies which I guess kind of comes yeah. into like the, I like think like, cause these medical conditions are like, they're very old. A lot of the, that one's from 2008, but when you go back, there's lots of them from like the early 1800s mm-hmm. that were being diagnosed like roughly like, and I kind of get scared at thinking about the conditions under which they were diagnosed. Oh yeah. Well, also like the conditions um, in which they lived, like they just yeah. like constantly were like, Oh, I'm gonna put like mercury on my face, and I'm gonna eat lead for breakfast. So <laughs> obviously, I think it was the other way around. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I think it was lead on the face, and then the lead on my face. Mercury, mercury for breakfast sounds a lot more badass. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But good on you for getting. But ones. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's just like yeah. So I'm not surprised that they had a lot more things like that okay, that would then, just like affect then, your brain. Yeah. And then you start to yeah. have literature, like the like invasion of the body snatchers and things like that, and start to think of the actual conditions that inspire mm-hmm. those kind of stories of thinking yeah. all of a sudden one day that everyone around you is a fake and maybe an alien yeah. or maybe been replaced by this robot yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it I'm it, a clone. That one spawned exactly. And you <laughs> can really like the psychological like yeah. you can fall into a loop when mm-hmm. you start to think about it. 
it can yeah. get really scary. That that one really scares me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next one is Cotard Delusion. This what? is a cool one. Hey, what's it called? Cotard. 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 It's Co- a last name. C O T A R D. Okay. Cotard. Okay. Like Mr. Cotard. <laughs> it's it's a, named after a man. Okay. Uh, Jules Cotard. Where's okay. he from? Jules. British. He's French. He's from Jules. French. He's from French, I just said. He's yeah, from French. French. I heard it. I heard so it. don't say the D. Cotard. Cotard. Yeah. Okay. Cotard? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so Cotard. That's okay. Cot- say it again. Cotard. Cotard. That was fast. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure. Cotard delusion is also known as walking corpse syndrome. Ooh. It's a rare, it's a rare mental disorder where those who are affected by it believe that they are dead or do not exist. They huh. believe they have lost their blood and internal organs. They just don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Half the people studied with the delusion believe they just don't exist, whereas the other half believe they are some kind of immortal being, like a vampire type thing. Like I don't need my blood or my organs. I am now this corpse that exists. Mm-hmm. Like they literally think they are the Walking Dead. The other half, wow. it's more existential, where I have no body. I'm not actually on this plane of existence. None of this is real. I don't, I'm not here. I died. Ah, wow. So it's kind of a, a mixed bag of how it, it presents itself. In 1880, neurologist Jules Cotard described the condition as uh, the delirium of neg- negation. Le delirium de negation. No. <laughs> The case of Mademoiselle X described a woman oh. who, dis- <laughs> Mademoiselle X, uh, who denied the existence of parts of her body and her need to eat. She said that she was condemned to eternal damnation and therefore could not die a natural death. In the course of suffering the delirium of negation, Mademoiselle X died of starvation. Yeah. So she was like, <laughs> I don't even have these legs. These legs aren't here, and I don't need to eat because I don't have organs, so I don't need food. <laughs> I don't and need to she... eat because I don't have legs. <laughs> <laughs> I just need, like, she was, literally thought, like, she didn't have these parts of her body, even right. though they were oh there. My God. I'm sure right. she felt hunger. And her body yeah. went, we do. <laughs> yeah, the end. Yeah. The end. <laughs> Sorry, Mademoiselle X. <laughs> yeah. But not just in 1880, 100 years later, in 1990, a man in Scotland was also diagnosed with the delusion after suffering a motorcycle accident, surviving Uh, a motorcycle accident, not suffering. I mean, it was probably bad, but but he survived. So the article is from Betwixt Life and Death, Case Studies of the Cotard Delusion that was written in 1996. I like a book that uses the title Betwixt betwixt <laughs> yeah you don't hear it a lot outside of no. romance novels no <laughs> no it's like no. Whole, uh, betwixt yeah the yeah. patient syndromes <laughs> i totally yeah. i yeah yeah the patient's patient yeah <laughs> the patient's sin- symptoms occurred in the context of more general feelings of unreality and of being dead so he actually thought he was dead not the like i'm a vampire blah blah blah, blah. yeah in january 1990 after his discharge from a hospital hospital in edinburgh his mother took him to south africa he was convinced that he had been taken to hell which is confirmed by the heat <laughs> and that oh he had gosh. died of sepsis oh my gosh yeah um 
or from an overdose of yellow fever injection. He thought he had borrowed his mother's spirit to show him around hell and that he was actually asleep in Scotland. That's the worst Yelp review. For like, he was not processing yeah. anything. <laughs> One star. <laughs> thought I was in hell. One star. <laughs> he confirmed Guide it. was very helpful and friendly. <laughs> Reminded me of my mother. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Okay, so should I go through that again? Um, clearly, so he gets in a motorcycle accident. Clearly, um, uh, head injury though, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. He must have hit his head. Yeah, for sure. Like he survived, for but sure. Like, yeah, like not in the same yeah, shape like, that like, he was before. Yeah, exactly. Like it's almost like he. Yeah, he thought that he. This whole thing was like he was in a coma in Scotland. That he had never woken yeah. up from that hospital. He was still there, and everything that happened yeah. after he did wake up was a, was a near death del- experience. Yeah, I guess. Like he, yeah. he was being toured around hell, which was South Africa. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> review for South Africa. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound great. Who like? I want. I feel like there might be more to that though, because like, because like who. Why would she just take him to South Africa after such like a traumatic experience? Oh, there is, but maybe they had something. Seems like a weird move. Maybe that was like a thing that was supposed to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're from South Africa, or she's from South Africa, or yeah, maybe maybe. I'll Sorry, look there's I'll, I'll there's find sirens the in the back. Life and death. Oh, okay. Oh. Sorry, I live on an emergency <laughs> route. <laughs> um, so do I. So that's so, yeah, yeah, that's in really interesting. Yeah. God, that one freaks me out. The idea that you could literally think you're dead, like yeah, like you could be like happens. life on Mars. <laughs> yeah, really. Like your life could just be. I almost picked my nose by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you all saw that, so I have to talk about it. But it was it was supposed to be a scratch. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I should have just not said anything. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No. Again, we're not necessarily looking at you. <clears throat> um, we're going to move yeah. on to somatic delusions. Okay. <clears throat> so the other one was delusional misidentification syndrome, which is 100% your brain misidentifying or misconstruing a situation. Somatic delusions are delusions that actually will affect bodily functions, sensations, and physical appearance. So these Mm. ones actually are, the other ones are like, I think that this is happening. And these ones are like, you believe it's so bad that it will affect your body. And I'm going to leave it at these two and I might do a follow-up later on other delusions because like i said Mm -hmm. there's a list of about 25 of different kinds of delusions that you can suffer from but these are the most common ones yeah so the first one is delusional parasitosis parasitosis there we go okay (laughs) a mental disorder in which individuals have a persistent belief that they are infested with living or non-living pathogens such as parasites insects or bugs so there's no infestation yeah. they're not they don't have bugs on their skin they don't have anything no. but they actually report feeling bugs crawling on on or under their skin oh yeah. i don't like the Ooh. under part 
I mean, and over no, is gross I'll, enough. I keep, when I read that, I thought about in the mummy when the, yeah. the, the scarab. Like, scarab goes under the skin. Yeah, you would. <laughs> gross. All right. Yeah, that freaked me out. Um, so it's thought to be caused by an excess amount of dopamine in the brain, which is what causes it. So do you guys know what dopamine is? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's a thing <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's your, it. it's your reward. Yeah. It's your yeah. reward from your brain, right? So when you do something, yeah. it makes you feel good. So it's like, they're yeah. like, yay, we did a thing. Now you get some dopamine. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who suffer from this might actually injure themselves by damaging the skin and attempt to catch the parasites that they feel. Yeah. They don't often seek clinical treatment because they don't see it as a delusion. They don't think like I'm hallucinating this thing. They think I, these bugs are on me. So sometimes you get it with, uh, they'll actually scratch their skin. If they think it's under their skin, they'll use chemical Eesh. treatments to try and kill yeah. bugs that are on, they feel are on their skin uh, that they can't see. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things that they can do that actually affect their skin. And it's, it's psychosomatic. Like they can't stop scratching and they can't stop feeling yeah. it. So they have like scratch marks and everything. Now, excess amount of dopamine is what happens when you do cocaine. Yes. <laughs> um, and amphetamines. You're learning so many words. I can't this do day. an A and an F <laughs> with together. On like this day. Like that. Amphetamines. There we go. Marcy um, learned. All accept- <laughs> no, I know what the fucking word is. I just couldn't uh-huh. say it. Didn't sound like it. Um, they, cause an excess am- uh, they cause an excess amount of dopamine. So you get that a lot in people that are drug addicts where they yes. feel these yep. bugs under their skin. Yes. So it's interesting because it's not just drug addicts. Like we see that all the time on the downtown east side. Like I was sitting next to a woman on the bus a little while ago and she just, the sores on her arms. Like, yeah. Just yeah. covering her arms um, yeah. from those specifically. That's not just yeah. a, mm-hmm. and it's not the drugs, it's the dopamine. So yeah. there's people that whose brain just produce too much dopamine and oh. then they suffer from it. It's not exclusively <laughs> a drug addict that kind of sucks. Delusion. <laughs> you mean like you, can, you like, can get treatment for it? No, I know, but like, it's isn't it supposed to be? A, I guess it's too much of a positive thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you're. It's it, there's a fine balance of chemicals in your brain, right? Yeah, it's the same with too much of a bad thing. Like, there's people that have a chemical imbalance where they feel the bad stuff all the time, and then that's depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. Yeah. It's like you what think that you're... that would be good in a certain way, but no, you get bugs instead, apparently. Yeah. Uh, you have but... a basal ganglia, which is the part of your brain that operates all of this. Um, mm-hmm. It's responsible for forming habits and it's responsible for a whole bunch of different things, but it's also responsible for your dopamine in mm. intake or sorry output um so if one thing in that like basal ganglia is like a big part of your brain it's all down the side of it's responsible for so much and so you can get depression or you can get this yeah. i guess i mean it's there's it's a fine balance in there mm-hmm. so the next one we're going to talk about is morgellons disorder disease magellan more gelins more uh, gelins yeah <laughs> not less more so not less more more gelins uh, more gelins is an 
actually an informal name. It's not a, this is not a formal disease and this has a good story to go along with it. And we're going to, this is where we're going to wrap it up is with Morgellons. Um, Because we talked about Princess Alexandra, the glass delusion. She's, but she's the only person in the entire world that suffered from, I think I've swallowed a glass piano. And it's interesting what would happen with that now. What happens with that now? If someone's like, I swallowed this glass piano, it's inside me. And there's doctors and they're like, sorry, there's no glass piano inside your body. Um, we've done all these MRIs. <laughs> yeah. find a glass piano. Yeah. What happens to Alexandra in today's world? She's the okay. only case of that. And there yeah. is the glass delusion with people thinking parts of their body are that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the piano. An unsubstantiated skin condition in which individuals have sores that they believe contain fibrous material. Okay. So you get a sore on your hand, like a scab. (laughs) Yeah. And you start looking at it and you're like, oh my God, there's like a red thread or a blue thread that's in this sore. And they start to see these like these threads coming out of their skin. Okay. So that's what the condition is. Yeah. It's a form of delusional parasitosis. 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 Say again. <laughs> it's a form of. We're not scientists. Um, <laughs> We're not doctors. Delusional parasitosis, which is the last one we t- talked about. Parasitosis mm-hmm. is the parasites and the bugs in the skin. So it's a form yeah. of that, except instead of bugs, we have fibers under our skin. Ugh. Okay. Okay. The reason why the disease is self-diagnosed and has the informal name of Magellan, Morgellons, not Magellans, Morgellons, is because it was named by Mary Litiao. L-E-I-T-A-O is her last name. Litao. Um, She diagnosed her son with it after a sore developed under his lip and he began to complain of bugs under his skin. Mm. She examined the sore with her son's toy microscope, as you do, um, (laughs) and discovered red, blue, black, and white fibers poking out from the skin. But when Mary took her son to a doctor, they couldn't find any evidence of the fibers. I'm like, sorry, lady, there's mm-hmm. nothing in this sore. But she insisted, and her son started to get more sores, and she said there was more fibers. So doctor after doctor after doctor, until she ended up at John, John Hopkins, where a pediatrician mm-hmm. who specialized in solving mysterious cases of diseases in children saw her son. Okay. And she diagnosed not her son, but Mary with Munchausen by, by proxy syndrome. Oh. Do you know what Munchausen yeah. by proxy is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where a parent yeah. feels like their child is sick, but they're not, and they want them to be in order to get yeah. attention from that yeah. child being sick. So yeah. Mary was diagnosed with Munchausen by proxy syndrome, but she refused to believe it. She was like, no, he has these sores. There's fibers in them. Something's going on. I don't know what it is. This has to be researched. So her poor son. Yeah. She insisted so much that it was real, that she created the Morgellons Research Foundation, or the MRF, in 2002. Uh, they were created to raise awareness and fund research into the proposed condition. They started posting on the internet, and they started getting other people that were like, yes, I have this too. I had a sore, and there were these fibers poking out from under it. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a huge following, but it was enough for her to feel like she was doing a good job with what she was doing. So in 2006, they organized their members to send 
thousands and thousands of form letters to senators and Congress to urge the CDC to investigate this condition. Hmm. They compiled it. Yeah. yeah. So the CDC ends up compiling a task force of 12 professionals, including two pathologists, a toxologist, um, mental health experts, and specialists in infectious, parasitic, environmental, and chronic diseases. So they've got some, like, top men on this. Yeah. And women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so they compile this thing. So 2006 is when they compile this tax, task force. And they took six years. They studied patients in different clinics. They took samples from these sores. They had people come in that they were wow. like, hey, do you suffer from this? Come see us. They did, they dug in deep. Like yeah. six years, the CDC researched into this. In 2012, yeah. they released their findings. Okay. Nothing. Oh, no parasites or microbacteria were detected in the samples. There was nothing. They found a couple of cellulose kind of like things, but it was just cotton, like from our clothes, like no. normal, like everybody has this in their skin. Right. Because of the clothes we wear and stuff. Like yeah. they were just like little parts of your clothes. So, uh, nothing. so 2012, they released their findings um, and the foundation closed the same year. Oh, so mm. it is very much this woman, this woman, I've never like the, the scale to which she took this Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Uh, the, everyone that came out that said that they suffered from this, they were all mm -hmm. like, it, the study was something like 75% of the people that suffer from it were drug addicts. So it's just so, a form of parasitic. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And yeah. and her, obviously her son wasn't, but obviously, yeah, yeah, she had something else mm. going on, yeah, which is, is in itself some sort of delusional disorder. Because I think that the people that do that truly believe their child's sick. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, some I mean, them, I don't want to speak for all of them. I think yeah, some. yeah, there's definitely cases that are not that. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but it was this big thing. It was all over the news. The Morgellons disease. People are like, people are suffering from fibers under their skin, um, and it was just like it was, <laughs> it was huge. It was everywhere, and people were like, oh my god, have you heard of this disease? This and that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, it does sound very much like more like something like a drug addict would go through. You know, like brain altering chemicals. Mm -hmm. I yeah, have fibers and, under my skin and bugs under my skin. And obviously, there's yeah. mental illness as well that falls into that. But like, it makes sense that it's mostly. Well, but mental illnesses are 100% a chemical imbalance in your brain mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Uh, except for that one that we talked about that was the visual release hallucinations that had to do with your eyes. But yeah all of that has to do with your brain and a chemical imbalance. The chemical imbalance can be big or it can be small. And when you start to do drugs that have chemicals in them, it fucks up yeah. the imbalance in your brain. So there's a yeah. reason why they're, they're correlated together with drug addicts and mental illness. It's because it's causing the same thing. It's just, you did that to your healthy brain. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Or um, you had a mental disorder and then you've piled drugs on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Made it worse. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's more. 
there's so many more. But, yeah, I bet. Uh, and there's more. <laughs> there's more. I was going to start, I started writing a part that was on um, the pika disorder, which is where you eat things. Um, things you shouldn't be eating, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, yes. Like people that eat buttons yeah. and pins and... Buttons yeah. and pins and hair and yeah. and dirt and... <laughs> yeah, Julia. There was and uh, there's a whole bunch of case studies of people from um, psychiatric wards and so, things like that that have surgery and have like giant hairballs removed from their the stomach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like a <laughs> yeah. one. There's a, a there's a display. Well, because you can't. Yeah, I think you're about to say what I'm going to say. You can say it, oh. Alison. Oh, there was a woman that made like a mosaic out of the, all the stuff she swallowed, and it was like safety pins yeah. and buttons and thimbles and. Yeah. Anything you could swallow. Yeah, they were all removed from her stomach. And it's like this like beautiful thing with like all the pins all around and then the buttons in the middle and like it looks gorgeous and then it's like this was in my stomach. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I messaged you guys yesterday. I was like, this might get gross because I was doing a whole thing on that. And I was like, that's its own thing. I'm just gonna take that out. Hmm. (laughs) Because it started getting too out of control. It's the hair for me. I a hair for me too. Yeah. 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 Massive, massive balls of hair. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them turn when they eat like um minerally, kind of like when people eat dirt and things like that, and paint. A lot of people eat paint as a side effect of that. And they get mm-hmm. these like giant calcified rocks in their stomach that have to yeah. be removed. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. You must just be like in and out of the hospital like every month or something. Most of the people that suffer from that are in psychiatric wards. Oh, yeah. Or that, or sometimes they just die. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's pretty crazy. Your brain is messed up. Like, the things that can make you see and make you do. And I took a course. I'm still taking a course. It starts again in a week. Uh, It's a neuroscience course on our behaviors. Um, And one of the things that we studied is that I'm absolutely fascinated with is this part of your brain called the amygdala. Yeah. And the amygdala is responsible for your fight or flight response. So Mm. remember Allison, when we went and did that nightmares, um, falls. Yes. Yeah. And the, the last part is that car that races towards you and they take your picture. Yeah. Um, and the majority of people that go through there, it's a freeze frame. Like the pictures that they take are people that yeah, are like frozen and screaming. <laughs> yeah. And our picture, yeah, our, our picture was like, it's literally my hand. Like my picture is my hand. Like <laughs> ran gone. So yeah, she left us. I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. it, that's like a perfect example of seeing your fight or flight response. Mine was to just get the fuck out of there. Like, I'm not going to get hit by a car. I'm going to run as fast as I can. And so many people have a freeze response. So that's your amygdala that does that. But it also is responsible for that feeling that you get when you're nervous about something. So if you're at work and your boss is like, hey, I need to talk to you after work. And Mm -hmm. you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to lose my job. And you've done nothing wrong. You've done nothing wrong whatsoever. But you Mm -hmm. still have that that part of your brain that's telling you that this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And then he mm-hmm. goes in or like, and my, ca- my case on Thursday was, or on Friday was, he was like, yeah, you're getting a raise. And I was like, I truly thought I was about to lose my job. And yeah. instead I got given a raise. Um, and 95% of the time it is good news or neutral news, but you still have that freak out. Yeah. And that's yeah. your amygdala that's doing Or like that. when your mom calls so, you. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> See? And even though I know that that's my amygdala <laughs> that's doing that, it still yeah. freaks me out every single time. So it's really kind of interesting, like, how yeah. vast your brain is and the yeah. things that it's responsible for and does. So. Or, like, how different people react in different ways. Yeah. To mm-hmm. things. For sure. Because that's the thing. It's, uh, it's the amygdala, again, it's part of the part of your brain that forms habits. So if you have enough bad things happen to you, mm-hmm. you start to expect them. It, it literally forms yeah. it as a habit. Yeah. Um, and it learns from its own behavior. So when you get enough bad news or you get enough, like, you start to, and anxiety really doesn't help with that because yeah, it makes you feel like everything's bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. interesting. So, mm-hmm. well, anyway, we'll wait for part two. So that was my episode on delusions of the brain. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look up some more. Uh, it's kind of like we try and keep it very like story based on here. But yeah. I really, um, I couldn't find a story <laughs> long enough to talk about those. And some of them are yeah. pretty wacky. So yeah, I know what you mean. I've done that before where yeah. it's like, ah, there's not really anything here. But it's interesting. But like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, five mm-hmm. minute episode. <laughs> Yeah, like we could do yeah. like mini-sodes on yeah. today's delusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like a Muppet news flash. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Just Marcy in front of a desk tapping a papers. Delusion. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Uh, that'd be great. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> tapping the papers on <laughs> but it has to be like like I don't know you have to have like weird felt I had, I had a, <laughs> yeah <laughs> can I be opposite Muppet like my whole body yeah. is a Muppet but my yeah, face you're just is the me opposite so I'm basically, yeah. basically a Muppet yeah, yeah. we all are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks for listening guys I hope you learned something uh and if you have any other delusions that you know of that are weird, mm-hmm. then send us yeah. an email mm-hmm. uh, or get in touch with us on Instagram, Odd Sisters Podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like us. Oh, rate us on iTunes, please. We have no, we have no rate us reviews. ITunes, please. Yeah. That would be really nice. None. Zero. Yeah. Zip. Nada. Yeah. Nada. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye.